Hey everyone, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is Benji. My guest on the show today is Brett Jones, a key account executive of Data Solutions at Builder Trend, the industry-leading ERP for the construction space. Now, over the last three years, Brett has done over 150 on-site consultations helping builders, GCs, remodelers, etc., implement Builder Trends so that it functions to its fullest and delivers the highest possible ROI for the entrepreneur and their team. Our conversation today is about the differences he's seen between strong tech adopters and bad ones, the increasing movement of smart money and venture capital towards our construction industry, and more importantly, what that means for small business owners. And then lastly, we get into the vision that Builder Trend has for its future, which is really fascinating as well. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Let's dive in with Brett Jones. You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. We are very lucky to have Brett Jones of Builder Trend in the house today. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to have him. We got some we got some cool questions to kind of run through, uh, and some some of his interesting perspective to share. Brett, how are you doing, man? How's life? Doing great, Benji. Thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure. Um, for the for our listeners, like. You know, I think pretty much anyone in the construction space has heard of you guys, but for the, for maybe our our landscapers and painters and other trades uh, listening, can you just give us a, a breakdown of Builder Trend and who you guys are um, for those that don't know? Yeah, definitely. I would characterize uh, Builder Trend as an ERP system, enterprise resource planning, um, really tailored towards the construction industry. So think of you know it being the backbone of your company, really providing a central source of truth for all documentation, communication, and workflows across your software stack. Right. What's the main, I mean, most of our, most of our listeners would be familiar with the CRM. What are like the salient differences between an ERP and a CRM? ERP is much more robust and beefier, but maybe break it down for us less techie folk. Yeah, definitely. So a CRM is just more so customer resource management, more so pre-sale process is the way that I think of it. Builder Trend is not just that pre-sale process in the CRM, but also project management and financials on the back end through that whole customer lifecycle. Right. So client relationship management tool kind of is an app description in the sense that really what it's built to do is manage the buyer's journey effectively with reminders and nurture sequences and email automations, maybe some basic scheduling functions, but not that much. Whereas Builder Trend doesn't just help you sell the job. It helps you build the job. It helps you bill for the job. It helps you get paid and track your numbers thereafter and the whole cycle repeats. I'm sure I'm only cracking maybe 10% of its functionality. It is a, it is a beast, a very, very large system um, and an industry leader. What, what's been your kind of journey with them, Brett? Take us through, um, you know, when you started, what you've been up to. I know your role has evolved a little bit, but uh, I think that would just really help. Yeah, definitely. So I've been with Build Trend for going on six years now across various roles. Um, most notably, I was a consultant for the last three years where I traveled all around the country, 
U.S. and Canada and across 150 different builders, home builders, new construction, remodelers, specialty contractors. And I really consulted people on the best workflows of how to implement Builder Trend, have that software really work for you rather than against you um, and get the team's buy-in so that they can have just a lot more systems, processes to their day-to-day responsibilities. So 150 like site visits over the last three years where you're literally in the building, in the office with the builder, with the GC, with the remodeler, helping them implement the technology. Yep, exactly. You got it. What is kind of the agenda of those? Is it a day? Is it a few days? Like give give us a bit of a run through of what those visits would be like. I'm really interested to hear some of your aggregate perspective from these 150 plus visits over the last few years. But what's kind of the, what's the purpose of your visit? What exactly do you do while you're there? Um, Maybe just go a little deeper on that. Yeah, definitely. So really what it looks like from the service standpoint is it's about 62 days in total, right? The first 30 days is pre-work where we're really figuring out what's working, what's not, and how we're going to better implement Builder Trend for your particular company based on your current workflows, right? So 30 days of pre-work, make sure your account's built out with all the necessary information, resourcing as well, so that you have actual active data in there that you can work with. And then you actually go from that 30 days of pre-work into two days on site where we're teaching hands-on implementation with your team. Very structured two days down to really the minute based on who we're working with across each different business unit and each function of the business. So key stakeholders, Mm -hmm. people in sales, people in project management, people in financials. So 30 days of pre-work, two days on site, and then the final 30 days is for post-work follow-up, really making sure that your team is adhering to the you know, the responsibilities and the roles that we've set forth during those two days to make sure you guys are still on top of it 30 days later so that you're continuously reaffirming the reasons why and how you use Builder Trend. A lot of up, a lot of upfront work, just understanding the specific needs of that individual business with respect to their implementation. Now, you don't show up there and you're like, hey, what's up, guys? What are we doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Very hands-on. Uh, I I Chalk up on-site consulting at Builder Trend. It's really our most premier white glove service. If you think in terms of trying to implement a software by yourself, Builder Trend is not some easy add-on like Microsoft Teams or Zoom where you can pick it up and run with it tomorrow. It truly is the backbone of your company. You need to take a very diligent approach with it. And that's what the consultants are for because they've seen all shapes and sizes of companies across the whole industry to where they can say, hey, based on how you're doing things, here's five other companies that did things similar or in a better way and provide those suggestions along the way. I think it's really critical to have that consultant because with the knowledge that's been afforded to them being, you know, traveling all around the country every single year, they've just seen such an amazing insight. Builders are always typically fragmented within this industry and they're really mm-hmm. in their, their niche and their community. When you can really get that expertise from somebody outside that from all different walks of life all across the country, um, it's really, really beneficial. It provides a lot of light bulb moments for, for company owners, that's for sure. When you say fragmented, do you mean this sort of... Um are you talking about this kind of old school approach to like, we don't really talk to our competitors. We keep everything under the hood. We don't want to share numbers. I don't like that's that you're nodding. That's kind of what you mean. Where do you like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, and I am encouraged to see, I think that is, um, I think that's fading away. Maybe it's just the BTA bubble or it's your builder trend bubble, but I certainly see a lot more collaboration, a lot more people connecting, picking up the phone and, talking to people in the market and figuring out what's working for them or what isn't. 
Where, Leah, when you look at that fragmentation thing, do you have a take as to where that came from or where that comes from in the first place? Is it just like a macho guys thing? Is there something about the industry? Like, what what is that? Yeah, I think it has something to do with that. I think there's a culmination of reasons, but I think it's just a very fragmented industry because technology really hasn't disrupted it yet. I feel like um, the good old saying across a lot of builders is, well, I've been doing things the same way for 30 years and have had no issue, you know, but as technology starts to disrupt that space, that's a very careful, a phrase you need to use very carefully because technology changes with the snap of a finger and you always need to remain agile and on your feet. So, um, you're going to see a lot of consolidation within the construction industry over the next five to 10 years, in my opinion, due to technology, which brings people closer together, a lot better thought universe in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have a similar perspective on where this is all headed. We'll get to that in a minute. Going back to these on sites, right? Like when you are doing that upfront work and getting to know a client, by the way, do they pay, is this, is this a paid for service or is it included with their subscription? Nope, it's a paid-for service. Yep, it's yeah, kind okay, of our, cool. uh, like I said, silver bullet implementation. Yeah. You can definitely take the slower track and do it yourself and work with your coach. But if you wanted something that's uh, as efficient as possible to get it set up in a um, in an effective way as possible, onsite consulting is the way to go. But yeah, it is in a in an ancillary service. So, so with that, like upfront work that you do, where you're really understanding the core needs of this specific business. <clears throat> What, what have you seen are the most challenging aspects of just implementing technology, broadly speaking, or like certain features or facets of the builder trend, um, the builder trend platform that, that are perplexing? Like, are there certain standouts? Like, yeah, people really seem to have a hard time with, with this. Yeah. Definitely. Great question. So in terms of like the builder trim platform, I think the financials is probably the hardest piece to implement just because sales, pretty straightforward stuff. Everybody has a very similar pipeline. Everybody uses project management the same way. Everybody builds a house the same way or does a remodel the same way. But financials is where you really see that um, disparity between all these different companies and how they do their financials, what they show, what they don't, what a proposal looks like. All these sort of th- factors need to you know be factored in when incorporating that because financials is it just goes through all facets of that that process it goes from mm-hmm. sales it goes to project management then it goes to financials but you're also doing change orders in project management you're also doing the pre-sale process for proposals and getting design agreements financials is definitely the hardest but in terms of you know bigger picture the thing that you know really is a blocker to full implementation sometimes is good company leadership but also making sure your team is adhering to the systems and processes we're outlining for them. So accountability and buy-in is definitely the most critical. Consultants can run laps around people all day and provide all the suggestions in the world that's most efficient for you, but you need your team to actually do it at the end of the day. So that segues really well into this next thing I wanted to pick your brain on. When you look at business, well, you, you have uh, in a very, very hands-on way, uh, you know, been obviously on the phone, on Zoom calls, and then in person with these, not just these entrepreneurs, but their teams as well. What are the main differences that you can point to? And you mentioned leadership, but maybe just unpack that further. If there's other things that pop into your mind, share that as well. What are the main differences between businesses that adopt technology really well versus the other cohort, which seems to be sort of stuck in the past or 
maybe that's not fair. Trying, but just it's not it's not it's not absorbing. It's not it's not making its way in. They've got a subscription. They pay for something, but it just they're not using it to its full utility. Are there are there patterns that you've observed about those businesses, but more specifically the entrepreneurs that run them, that you can say this is the profile of a strong implementer. This is the profile of a weak implementer. Yeah, the profile of a strong implementer is somebody that just has more of kind of a business acumen, just a higher business acumen in general and really understands systems and processes and how to leverage technology. Technology by nature is meant to be deflationary. It's meant to streamline all these processes and automate them for you to where you don't need to now hire an individual to do certain tasks. Technology can automate that for you. So really getting the owner's buy-in first and foremost that BuildTrend is the platform and it is going to provide long-term value to us and have cost savings on the back end is critical. Don't look at it as, oh, it's just another cost of the business, similar to like a truck. It really is going to pay itself off if you do it the right way and you get buy-in from your team. So when you say it's deflationary, you, does that mean it's it's making the operation of the business cheaper and more efficient? Like what, what do you mean by that term? Yeah, you're spot on. Right. It's it's replacing manual roles and rote tasks and human beings, yep. not not to the not to the degree that this is like this is, builder trend took our jobs. <laughs> no, for I'm sure. Saying, well, it, let me give you a good example does, though too. Like what I do now is I'm in our newer department called Builder Trend Analytics, spearheading that from the sales and operations side of things. But what we're doing with Builder Trend Analytics is we're automating every bit of data that's going through the program so that you can have real-time critical insights to your company. Before, what people would do is often they come see me is they're exporting data from BuilderTrend into Excel, they're put into a pivot table, they're putting into a BI tool. This is all done by somebody within the company that they're paying 60, 70 grand a year to do when we can completely automate that with technology, right? right. So that's automatically saving you 60, 70 grand a year just by automating it with technology. Hmm. So that's what you mean by by deflationary. It makes a ton more sense. Yeah. Um, I I want to get. I just feel like you're so plugged in and have such, you're sort of straddling two worlds. You've got you've got old, sort of old school construction on the one hand, new age tech on the other hand. Um, o- over the last ten years since you've been really actively doing this. What would be the salient changes to this space that you've observed? What can you point to and say, this is different now as a result of, not, and not just builder trend, I'm talking CRMs, ERPs, accounting tools, project management tools, things like company cam. I mean, there's just so many products and services out there. Um, what have you, what can you say uh, is different about the industry now than it was as a result of this huge onslaught of, of, of SaaS products? Yeah. Well, I think you're just seeing again, big pictures, like you're seeing so much more money flow into this industry because it is so fragmented and where you find a fragmented industry, there's a ton of opportunity, a lot of asymmetric um, risk versus reward, if you will. Um, it's also historically had a very low NPS score, net promoter score. Yes. So that's even a bigger opportunity when you can really provide a better customer experience. So venture capitalists, private equity are pouring money into this industry left and right, and therefore the technology is coming with it. Um, and therefore, a lot more sophisticated businessmen and women are also pouring into it that really understand systems, processes, and how to scale a company. Um, 
I don't want to say I worry I sound like a jerk when I say this. This isn't like a judgmental comment. It's it's but it, I'm just saying it because it's descriptive. Uh, do, would you say the days of like the chuck in the truck, like very old school approach to this type of business? Would you say their days are numbered as a result of this smart money coming in? I don't. Um, and I just because construction in real estate in general is like. I think I want to, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's the largest asset class in the world, actually. So there's plenty of pie to go around for everybody, but I do think they will become more disenfranchised if they don't, you know, start to leverage technology, understand scale, understanding that you need to leverage technology to scale, not just add more people. You will slowly but surely see those companies fade away because they're not being nearly as competitive just because the space is becoming more competitive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say the big implications are for, you know, so you say adventure capitalists are coming, they see the opportunity, it's fragmented, it's ripe for disruption, the NPS score is low, meaning customers are, gen- there's, a, there's a gap there where customers could be served better and brands could be built better and therefore there's a, there's a market, in other words, so they come. What do you think the implications are for, for business owners in this space right now? Someone listening in their truck right now who probably has a CRM might be using, Buildertrend might be using some other things. Um, with this change that is afoot, what do you think they need to be aware of? What are the big picture trends that you see that you're kind of fascinated by that you would just put on their radar? Yeah, I was actually just looking at it before we hopped on this and um you know, modularization is really interesting to me. 3D printing is really interesting to me. Um, and then obviously the normal AI robotics coming into play. That's a little bit further down the line. But I see a lot more just consistency in in the industry um, and a lot more low cost construction in the industry just because houses are becoming so unaffordable on so many levels due to monetary and fiscal policy errors, in my opinion. So, um I think does that help answer your question? Am I getting to the root of what you're asking? No, it to- it totally does. I don't know if you could shed some light on on maybe two of those. Mod- you know, what do you mean by modular modularization? And give us some examples. And then same thing for the 3D printing side. Right. So just along the lines of things becoming so expensive and people can't afford them. I think I saw a statistic today that you know based on the average salary, the average home costs nine x what that is nationally. Um, so you're looking for a lot more low cost housing in some capacity. And that's what modularization is providing. Think of California, for example, you know, you got multi-million dollar houses that might only be 1500 square foot. You can actually put a ADU in your backyard that costs 200, $300,000 and you'll call Mm -hmm. it a a casita, right? So Mm -hmm. those are a lot of more low cost options that people are turning to, whether that's to, you know, just have as kind of their actual residence or maybe moving their grandparents in or their parents in that are getting older. And so they can take care of them and selling the house down the street for 2 Mm -hmm. million bucks, but then only getting an ADU for 300 K. So ADUs Mm -hmm. are really, really popular, especially out in California right now. I have a I have a buddy that does. Uh, he's the main business development guy for a literally they, they, uh, here, here in Vancouver, them the Vancouver Canada they they call them all about uh, laneway houses or yeah yeah car- carriage <laughs> carriageway houses, um, and they're just they're they've been slammed for a decade. I think they're booked out three years. Oh yeah, they, they build really nice like the, the nicest ADUs you've ever seen. But yep. 
So it's kind of like it's 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 densification. We need to get more people into less space for fewer dollars because things are getting so expensive. On the like on the three D pr- printing front, I mean, this it sounds almost sci fi. Like <laughs> like are we in the, like are we going to see these large scale like like huge three D printers on a site like kind of like printing out a foundation and walls and stuff, or is that uh, does it look different? Yeah, I think that's exactly what you're going to see. Um, you know, it's definitely further down the line, but I think this is kind of the inflection point of it too, being that, you know, housing prices, housing prices are so unaffordable and people are seeing that now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, interest rates just cross 7%. So you're absolutely going to see those lower cost neighborhoods that are built from 3D printing and they're mostly made of cement, which is a lot lower cost than um, lumber, lumber would be. So um, the cool thing about it too, is if you looked at some of these houses, you wouldn't even know that there's a difference between a house built with lumber versus one that's built with cement unless you really looked at the specs behind it so it's really if fascinating you were sitting stuff. in the living room you wouldn't be able to tell though yep some of them yeah. obviously some of them as well but the technology is getting there and therefore the craftsmanship as well it's an interesting comment you make about the like the venture capitalists in the market i i feel like um we are at a very steep 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 part of the curve where, and likely other industries have gone through what we are going through right now already. You look at um, fintech in the financial industry, you look at the way medicine has changed, you look at the way even hospitality to some degree, which is still a manual business, has, has evolved. We're kind of like at the early stages of the growth and innovation curve that those places are right now. And it's, I mean, you have a, you have a few takes on what could be, it's really hard to like nail exactly what will happen, but what seems abundantly clear is that it's not going to look like this for very much longer, generally speaking. Wouldn't that be safe to say? Very safe to say. I think wherever investment goes, which it's going to construction, it's going to property technology. Um, you're going to see a ton of in- innovation wherever that investment flows. And there is, there is a ton of money. I don't know. I'm going to, maybe you read this article too. I'm going to botch it. BlackRock, uh, big money is just buying up swaths. BlackRock swaths, runs the world. Of swaths of, of rental units. They're buying big multifamily rental units because rent, being a landlord is going to be big business for many years to come, which creeps, creeps the hell out of me, if I'm honest. Like that's maybe not a good thing. Uh, but it's, you'd rather be aware that that is where investment is going than sort of be naive about it. So yeah, man, your guess is as good as mine. I think we're in for kind of an interesting ride. Um, on that front, like what are, what's builder trend up to? Like your guys is next, you know, 10 years. Like what, what are some of the, the, the big moves that are being talked about there? What are you guys excited about in the office? What's going on in BT, uh, Builder Trend HQ? Yeah, definitely. So as you guys know that we acquired our largest competitor at the time, CoConstruct, which is yes. a fantastic addition to our platform. Um, not only did they have a lot of you know great product, but they also brought a lot of brilliant minds along with them. So they've been fun to work with. Um, but in terms of, you know, I guess, uh, long tail, three years, five years, 10 years out, I think we're really focusing on things such as financial services, um, fintech in a way embedded within builder trend platform materials and purchasing and then ultimately data slash analytics so both on a uh, strategic partnership scale but also getting that license to our clients as well so that we can make them more proactive in a typically reactive industry getting them cr- those critical insights they need to better run their operations 
financial services being like like uh, payment processing, uh, lending. Like, what do you guys? What do you mean by that? Yep, payment processing, lending, um, anything a typical fintech company would really do at the end of the day. Um, Online payments has been the first and foremost one that we've been um, pushing for a while, um, but I think we're really starting to sink our teeth into it as of late, and that's been going great. Um, but yeah, lending on the back end of that, of that as well, and some other financial services to shortly come thereafter. Cool. And what you mentioned materials too. What do you what are you guys doing? Just like aggregating, like getting leverage through aggregate purchasing, purchasing power. Yep, exactly. So a lot <laughs> right. of purchasing power. You know, you got companies like Lennar, you got companies like Pulte and Dr. Horton that have tons of purchasing power because you know the more volume that you're doing, the better deal you're going to get. That's our goal with thirty thousand builder trend clients is to aggregate that purchasing power so that we can get better deals for everybody that signs up with Builder Trend for their local suppliers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, <laughs> those are big plays. And the co-construct thing has been, has that's been a really, really good merger for you guys. It's been a good ac- acquisition, rather. It, it's It's been absorbed well, great team. You guys are happy with it. I think a year right now. I don't know exactly when that was, but I, I'm guessing it was sometime last year. Yep, That's absolutely. going well. Yep, it's going fantastic. We're, uh, yeah, it's off and running. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Um. Almost out of time here, Brett. Here's here's a, here's a question I want you to answer for for a young listener right now who maybe just you know twenties, uh, early thirties, just started his business or bought one or took it over from his dad or his mom. Someone that is like that is at the early stages of their careers. Given the trends you're seeing, uh, the perspective you have, what would be your advice to young entrepreneurs in construction and trades as they dive into uh, the thick of it with their business over the next decade? Yeah, definitely. Um, that sounds like a broken record at this point, but truly leverage technology, dive into it, understand it, see how it's applicable to your company. It will streamline your company significantly and make you so much more competitive within your relative marketplace. Um, you know, we have a huge shortage of labor as well, as you know, um, and I think we'll see that for quite a while. The pendulum is kind of swinging back and forth between blue collar, white collar roles. But the more you can take care of the individuals within your company, the better off you're going to be. Um, culture truly breeds outcomes at the end of the day. And Builder Trim preaches that we have fantastic people around us. And that's why we've been as successful as we have been. So I think that's something that you could take into your construction company as well Is just culture, culture, culture. If there's someone listening right now who is looking for uh, uh, looking for a software solution to their construction company, where, where should they go check out Builder Trend? Where would you recommend they get started with that? Yeah, to get started with Builder Trend as far as... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Buildertrend.com is really where you can get started. Um, obviously, you have the traditional sales approach, but then uh, you can also do your own research as well. We have a plethora of resources dedicated as far as a help center, understanding the platform, the value propositions behind it, and uh, ultimately implementing it when the time is right. Cool. I really appreciate t- your time, Brad. It's been, uh, it's been fun chatting, man. Uh, thank you for being here today. We'll see you next time. Yeah, absolutely, Benji. Appreciate you guys having me on. You take care. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.